Denver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Podcast Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Uh, it's been just like you would expect. The fire hose is fully inserted uh, in my mouth here, and uh, we've been blowing and going. And- you are so wrong for that. Uh, Come on, man. I, uh, I meant to play an entire um, audio clip of him talking about the defense. I guess it cut out. That's all wrong we got. One, yeah, huh? Wrong okay. one, Okay. Nice. Yeah, I saw that making the rounds today. I saw that making the rounds. Oh, good stuff. Well, day two of Big 12 Media Day. We've got uh, – I heard that that quick segment you guys did with Dylan Gabriel. That yeah, was good. Think? Yeah, I liked it. He is – he's laid back. He's – he's like I was telling you over the break, he's on island time, and yeah, I like it. And I wish I could get on island time. God, I wish I could be as laid back as that for five <laughs> minutes of my life. You know, um, you know, it, it's funny. I think we got this text yesterday during the show is, well, I mean, I like Dylan Gabriel, but dang, he's never played in a road environment with over 50,000 fans. How do you think he's going to handle – the Nebraska game and the Texas game. If that last segment is any, indi- any indication, I think he'll be just fine in some of those tougher environments. I don't get the feeling like it's going to affect him all that much. But that's yeah, You may me. have to hit him with the defibrillator before he takes the field for the final <laughs> drive just to wake him up a little bit, get the juices flowing, and say, hey, we, we need something special here. No, that's good, man. That's what you want. You want a... And there's there's obviously all kinds of different personalities that have that have won, but it there is something about having a guy that is laid back, mellow, easy does it. Everything's going to be okay. Just relax. We got this. Think there's think there's uh, definitely something to that. Well, here's the thing: is that is that going to mesh with his head coach and his offensive coordinator? In his offensive line, in his defensive end. I, I love that attitude, but he's going to be the only one that has that out there because this staff is intense, man, and especially in between the lines. So, yeah, good luck. Yeah, you know what, though? I think I think it is like a good uh, – I think it does mesh well. I think it does mesh well. You know, the, the head coach, whenever he's – let him be the in-your-face, the motivator – let him be the energy, right? You can be, you can fill the other void somewhere else, right? It, you don't always have to be the guy providing the energy. I think, I think different personalities can can really work well together. Now, I mean, there's there's something a little bit different, you know, on on both sides of the ball. Traditionally, I would say that most quarterbacks are are more like. Dylan Gabriel is than they are like Baker Mayfield is, right? Even Kyler, yeah. Kyler is like nothing gets him excited. You can't get him to hardly crack a smile at anything. Um, same thing with heck, Jalen Hurts was like that. Uh, you know, people hammered Landry for being like that. Although the guy right before him, Sam Bradford, was the same way. You know, uh, that's so a, that's an interesting. Wow, yeah. I guess Baker is one of a kind. Everyone else, Heupel was like that. Nate Hibble was yeah. like that. Jay White might give a little fist pump, but dang, yeah, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Never well, of it and that it's way. it's usually like that. It's a, like that at the next level as well. Most you need 
I mean, you're more like a golfer than you are anything. You're going to have some failure out there. You're going to have incomplete passes. You're going to have some plays where you, you know, you maybe were a little slowed. You got to throw it away. You got to be able to, to let that go. It can't shake you. Like for me, as a player, I total meltdown on myself and anyone near me if something goes wrong. Good. Like leave that to the, like the defensive guys and the guys on the line of scrimmage where you can go out and focus that anger on the next play or something. But your quarterback, got to be even kill. You need to look like the picture of Eli Manning whenever he's confused on the sideline. You should be somewhere in between in between that uh, and, and, and where Dylan Gabriel was just so a moment ago. So more like that and less like the guy uh, on Bourbon Bowl or, or uh, on Waterboy in the Bourbon Bowl that couldn't feel the onside <laughs> kick? Yeah. That guy? Right, exactly. You don't want to be Frank the Tank uh, freaking out in the locker room, okay? That's not what you need to be at quarterback. You yeah. you, you got to be even kill. I, it looks uh, like he's that kind of dude. I did ask. I mean, BV keeps saying that this team's bought in, and, I mean, I I believe him. He said, hey, I think this team's bought in, and I don't sugarcoat anything. All right, I, I hear that. Um, Br- Dylan Gabriel said that he noticed it right when he walked through the door, that things were different. Okay. My question to you is, how much more do you think that this team was able to accomplish this offseason without going through that massive hurdle that first-year head coaches so often have to go through, which is getting everybody bought in? You're ask, That's the same question you asked Dylan Gabriel. It's a good one, so I'm going to answer it. Yeah, just, um, yes, that's, I just said I asked him, and now I'm going to ask you. Uh, well, I – hmm, that's interesting. It is, isn't it? I, I don't know that they're necessarily going to accomplish more. It just it just makes everything work easier, right? Instead of which coaches really don't at least outwardly show you that they're spending, you know, emotional and mental capital on making sure the team is bought in. But there has to be some of that going on, right? Even though it, it doesn't show up like in the game plan or in the in the meeting room, you know, that that can be a worry. Are we going to be okay here? What about this guy? I, don't, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I, so I think more than anything, it's just the assurance that you feel good about the guys that are out there. You feel confident that, about the guys that are out there. And it's just easier to move forward as a group and – when everyone sees the vision and agrees with the vision, it's it's just a better place. Like you're still going to have guys make mistakes. There's still going to be rough days. There's going to be bad practices. There's going to be a couple of come to Jesus moments. I can guarantee it. Like that stuff is still going to happen. But I think you can just you can maybe tailor your delivery a little bit differently whenever you're a coach, instead of having to maybe massage some relationships and and make some egos feel a little bit better possibly about the direction of of the team and and like what their role is you feel way better about just telling it how it is and this is what we're doing everyone's on the same page good on we go text lines getting after me a little bit right now which um probably deserve it basically say you know gabriel signed off by saying all right thanks boomer I was. I heard that. I was waiting on you and Parker to to throw something yeah, out there. Yeah, Nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I dropped the ball on that one. 
My bad. That's what I see. That's what I've always said. I I like the boomer thing. I've got no problem with it, but it creates an awkward situation on the other end. Sometimes caught me off guard. A lot it really of the did. Times. Caught me off guard. Now I could come up with an excuse that we were right at the top of the hour, and I was freaking out a little bit about that. But I'm not even going to throw out that excuse. I'm just going to tell you that it'll never happen again. Never happen again. I got we need it next to just. Time. I always there's this quick when someone says boomer. I'm, there's always this quick like. Like, what's the inflection that I answer with? Is it just sooner? And does that sound passionate enough? And if it's not going to be passionate, is it worth saying it? Am am I faking it? Can people tell that I'm faking it because it's just a sooner thing? I think we need to make a pact right now and just go ahead and say that anytime on air when there's a boomer thrown out, it needs to be responded to. Yeah, and not only responded to, at least on my end, I'm going to make it a point to go way over the top to what it actually needs to be. Um, my sooner is going to sound like a, I don't know, a fan that's eight deep in after the game, you know, walking out of the stadium that's all hyped it's, up about gonna, something. You're going to answer Billy Sims booner, uh, boomer in the same oh, way? Easy, easy, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say it with my chest is, is what I'm saying. Say it with my chest next time it happens. See, it's just weird, though, because it's like a – it's not really – whenever you're in a crowd and you yell it, you're trying to get a response. But whenever you just say it as a sign-off, there it's weird. Are you, are you just doing the boomer thing? Or are you waiting and expecting a callback? It's weird. It's t- I don't like being put in that position, man. Well, from now on, every break, I'm going to be like, all right, yeah, that was great. Uh, Boomer, see how you respond going in every time out from here on out. You can put it on me. Put the onus on me, right? All right. Well, any other nuggets uh, catch your attention from today? I, You know, I've been in and out. I've been listening to a lot of it. I've, I've heard some interviews. I heard uh, Sarkeesian get up there at the podium. I know you kind of had the big dogs there with OU in Texas today, but seemed like your pretty typical media day with everyone just talking about how great their 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 team has been throughout the offseason, right? Yeah, Sark was heavily selling year two, which I rolled my eyes at. We'll talk more about that. Uh, the main takeaway, I think, this morning, horns down is still a penalty. I was hoping that they would drop that just kind of as a middle finger to Texas since they're rolling out of the conference, but apparently uh, horns down will still be a penalty in 2022. Coordinator of officials Greg Burks uh, made clear the rule isn't targeted at OU, saying, please, uh, State of Oklahoma, I meant no offense with this. Here's the thing. I I didn't hear that interview, but I read the exchange. That's not getting called unless – I think it's only getting called if you make a tackle, make a play, stand up right over a guy like you're flexing on him or whatever and do the horns down right on top of him, where it probably would have been a penalty had you done no hand sign. You know what I'm saying? They're, I don't think they – they're not trying to protect Texas anymore, right? They're, they're not going to call that unless it's some egregious type of situation. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I tell you, though, I was so proud listening to him speak today because Greg Burke said, let me be very clear with horns down. Please, the state of Oklahoma, I meant no offense. You don't have to send me any emails. 
And I just That's sat great. there saying, yes, my fan base, our fan base was flooding the uh, Big 12 head of officials with emails about how crap it is that they're protecting the University of Texas. I love that. Well done, everyone. Yeah, kudos to uh, the Big 12 also that somehow, somewhere, probably had their uh, head officials email available to the public. Like, <laughs> how do you even get that email? You know what I'm subject saying? line, you suck. I, I, I want to see the subject <laughs> lines more than anything. That's what I want to read. That's great. Yep, spamming the hell out of the uh, head of officials for the Big 12. That's great. Hey, I I don't think there could be anything worse. It's tough whenever uh, officials at the end of a game kind of insert themselves into the game and and make that one of the deciding factors. It's never the deciding factor because you played 60 minutes up to that point. But... You would hate to see a situation late in a game where, I don't know, you get a sack with 30 seconds left and you do a horns down and that results in a 15-yard penalty giving them a first down and they complete something. And you know what I'm saying? Like you'd hate to see a call like that have that have an impact on a football game. I, that's I don't, the last well, thing anyone wants. To your point – that would have happened three years ago, probably. West I don't, Virginia, right? Yeah, I, I don't think that that would happen now. <laughs> I think people are uh, going to turn the other way at that, especially if uh, this is the last year in the league. Which was me, it in? Could you remember that situation? Was it in overtime? Whenever that happened. Um. So, did West Virginia go for two? It was when R- Will Greer. Yeah, he like walked in, ran in the corner, like a, right, and he had right. the horns down, like right at the one yard line. And that was the same game where Ellinger tweeted out, "I will remember every single person who disrespects the University of Texas with the horns down, or whatever right. it said." Yeah, that was that was that game. Right, I couldn't remember. Did West Virginia still win it? They didn't yeah, lose no, it. No, West Virginia won that game. That was in Austin. Can you imagine if they if they like hadn't won the game because of that call somehow? Like like remember how they last year they stripped Xavier Hutchinson of that touchdown? Like if if because maybe he gave the horns down as he was walking in the corner of the end zone if they nullified the touchdown because he did it before he crossed the line. I, if I was a coach, I would I think I would just melt on the sideline that would be brutal Uh, by the way that random west virginia texas game that's the same game as our favorite ever call from gus johnson (laughs) (laughs) yeah the same day that Uh, gus johnson stepped on a lego the same time he called a touchdown pass (laughs) (laughs) that day I didn't know how you make that sound. It's unbelievable. What was the – was it OU, OSU, whenever he just said – just screamed college football? College football! Hollywood! <laughs> Who is this kid? <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Ah, good stuff. Also, right. uh, the same yeah. year where OU was playing at Kansas State in 2017. I've told you this story a couple times, but – it was like at halftime, and they had brownies or it's like something out. And he asked someone, hey, what's in those brownies? And someone said, 
Coconut. He said, cocaine. <laughs> well, no, coconut, not cocaine, bro. Calm down. Calm down. I, I think I told you the story of, uh, I, I don't remember what game it was, but I was in the radio booth next to the TV booth at OU, and he came in. He's like, hey, you were on the preseason or the uh, the pregame show, right? I, was, I said, yeah. He's like, you guys did a good job. But that set is terrible. That that table, you guys, they make you guys sit behind that table. That thing is terrible. And uh, I laughed so hard about that because we had been saying the same thing. And we talked about it on radio a bunch. I think Toby even talked about it. And they built a new table after that. Oh, so wow. thank you. Thank you to uh, Gus Johnson for that. Hilarious. All right, we got to hit a timeout. Quick opening timeout. Hit us on the text line, 651-3439. Hanging out Newcastle Casino today, I-44, exit 107. Boomer. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers. Check out your local dealers for great purchase and lease deals. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number one of the rush on this Thursday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Let's really put Teddy to the test here. Let's really see how much Teddy knows about Brent Venables, the current situation, and how he's going to go about things this year. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to ask you a basic question. You respond. I'm going to play the same question to Brent Venables. He'll respond. Let's see if you know what what you're talking about or not. Um, I don't know if you heard, but he's the head coach now. How hands-on is he going to be with the defense during football games this year? How hands-on is he going to be with the defense this year? In games. In games. Um, uh, trying to think how he how he would have answered this. I I think he's always going to be a hands-on coach, but – He's not going to be calling plays. Ted Roof's going to call the defense. Um, he trusts him to call the defense. And it really it doesn't matter all that much because the week leading up to it, whenever they're game planning, like the situations, I guess what I'm saying, almost call themselves. Now, he may insert himself to say let's come after him here or, or something like that. So as far as calling plays, I would say – not very much. What do you think, Brent? Well, I've got a, a terrific staff in um, both sides of the ball, and you want to empower your staff, and and uh, but you got to guide them um, as well. And uh, you know, my strength is defense, and and I love um, I love everything about coaching. And so, um, just like you see out in college football or even the NFL, uh, people have their sides of the ball that they like to have influence on, and they stay involved. I'll certainly stay very involved. Uh, on a daily basis uh, because that's what I love to do, not because they need me to do that, but um, I bring something to the table, and I love that part of it, and uh, so I'll, uh, when they allow me, I'll, I'll jump in there and, and help out. Is that what you said, basically? Yes. Mm, okay. All right. I guess, you, I guess you know the guy. I'll give you credit. Yep. Nailed it. Whatever. Nailed it. Um. Were you surprised? I guess, you know, some of the questions, you don't really get much of an opportunity. But What, the four, the three questions that were asked today at the podium? You know, there wasn't much of an opportunity? Yeah, I'd say. 
How frustrating is it in a setting like that where you you just you don't know how many opportunities you're going to get or or you know how many the room is going to get frankly and someone asks a question that you can easily reference back to that he was asked you know, whenever he took the job and I, has probably been asked 15 times since then. I, hey, Teddy, I've been fuming about this all day long. That's why you don't give the mic to local people around here that don't even pay attention to the football team or know what they're talking about. So I'll fault the Big 12 for that one. They should have known what they were getting themselves into. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of that credible was... people around here that can ask some good questions. That individual is not one of them. You knew you were going to get three to four questions. I mean, there's no way that guy should have been able to. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know who it was. I didn't hear who it was. I just heard the question. I was like, well, "Oh God, this is going to go I for know 15 who it was. minutes." That's what matters. Okay. All right. You're not gonna. You're not gonna share any names. Not calling anyone out. On you think air. I? Okay. You think I should? I don't know. I was. I mean, I'll tell you. Uh, I mean, it's like a low rung station here in OKC. I. I don't mean. I don't. I didn't understand the decision. I don't. I don't get it. All right. Okay. Look at you trying to start some uh, radio. I just nice. like. Hey, I just keep talking about the Miami Dolphins. Don't you don't need to be asking Burt Venables questions. <laughs> this is big boy stuff. <laughs> oh wow. I guess I was just. Um, I was hoping for a. I was hoping for a Venables moment. A. Um, it ain't good enough moment or you remember the press conference whenever it was before the spring game whenever he talked for like i don't know it was like six or seven minutes about like if we're going to be the best if if we're going to be what we we say this program is then you got to show up and you need to show up for the spring game you remember that how could i forget it i was i was hoping we had one of those moments but and maybe there is one somewhere that I haven't heard, but um, I think closer it's really to the year, not the place for no. It. But yeah. I, I I do think closer to the year, there's going to be a. I mean, it's going to be an eight and a half minute <laughs> response, but there will be a. All right, you showed up to the spring game. That was awesome, but we need you during home games this year. We need you to show up. We need you to be loud. Like we need you to do your part as a like that talk is definitely going to happen at some point. I'll tell you what I think is is interesting, and hopefully uh, the local media learns this with Venables. You're going to have to hold one another accountable here because I, when you walk into a press conference, you may get two questions in an hour. So if you have someone that's going to ask, you know, what is it like to uh, coach against Kansas State, the place where you played, football you better settle in and be ready for a 45 minute answer and you're not going to get to ask a question because of that so better start holding I your guess. co-workers and and uh contemporaries uh accountable for what they ask at a press conference yeah brent you're a first year head coach and uh so far who are the leaders that you found on your football <laughs> team here through that past uh, seven and a half months or so coach what was it like 
taking the field for the first time as a head coach here at You know what? And the thing about Brent is those types of questions, and he did it today. Oh, that's a great question. Let me tell you. And then he names every administrator and goes on for eight and a half minutes. It's like, dang, man. Dang. No, I was was pretty hot at that today. You you better ask a specific – pointed question and even that may you may still get a 10-minute answer but you better ask something very very specific because if you just open it up like so how's it been so far (laughs) that's going to go for 30 minutes uh i wonder if this would be a 30-minute response i already know what i'm going to ask him uh, the next time we talk to him i'm going to say hey brent you know teddy and i have been doing the show for like seven years now and he's made it pretty clear that you thought that he sucked in 2000. You thought that he sucked in 2001. And probably half of the year in 2002, you thought he sucked as well. When was the time period you actually thought he was a halfway decent linebacker? Because <laughs> it felt like it was night, like it just changed one day. Uh, yeah, it was more. It was. Uh, I think it was. I think it was until the spring before the 2002 season. But up to that point, I think he hated me, and he constantly told me that he was wanting to replace me. <laughs> so, you, you, but you're about, I understood. You're about the four-star like, backer I just got out of Baton Rouge. He's going to take your spot. He's going to come like, in. Hey, I don't blame you. Trust me, I hate myself also. So, thank you. We're on the same page uh, in that regard. No, that's funny. Yeah. Well, I heard uh, I heard Ethan Downs on with. Steely and Parker. Uh, that was kid, that was right? me and Parker. Wow, seriously? I thought he was on with Steely. No. no, he was on with Steely whenever I heard him. No, was it you? Yeah, okay. that was me, Teddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah, tend to, my voice in there. I tend to uh, God just no kind res- of drown you out. No respect I'm... around here. They well, had you need on... to step up and make yourself part of the broadcast. I asked a great question to him um, that I'll play later on in the hour. <laughs> well, I, apparently not. It, apparently, it wasn't a great question. They had on Woody Washington. We had uh, we had Ethan Downs and ah uh, yeah 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 yeah. Jeez, that's funny. I mean, are you serious? I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing uh, at Steely saying that uh, he was crystal balled uh, to go to. Uh, the Carlstone retirement community is pretty funny. <laughs> All right, let's hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. Hit us on the text line. We need to get to some of those. 651-3439. Hanging out in Newcastle Casino today. This hour of the rush is brought to you by Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers. Check out your local dealers for great purchase and lease deals on the full line of Buicks and GMC trucks. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Keep it coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. One listener has reprimanded us saying, all right, guys, enough fun. Did Dalen Smothers commit or not? It hasn't dropped just yet, but the hats are on the table for four-star running back Dalen Smothers out of Charlotte. 
Alabama has a hat on the table. North Carolina oh. State has a hat on the table. Florida State has a hat on the table. And by God, there's an OU hat in there as well. Where's the crystal ball? Uh, crystal ball is heavily towards OU on this one. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Is that how you feel on this one? Oh, Do you have any Ted, are you kidding me? Yeah, no, nah, he's 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 coming to OU. It's all, it's all okay. good. 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 Um, Two-time North Carolina Player of the Year. Ooh. Yeah. Not bad, huh? There's some players in North Carolina, too. I, that's impressive. Um, man, that would be – that's already two – high four-star running backs for DeMarco Murray in this class if that commitment does in fact happen, correct? Correct, right? correct. You already had the uh, yes. the Ka- kid from Ka- Denton. Caleb Hicks is a four-star back as well. And then you have uh, Javante Barnes and Gavin Sal- Salchuk in last year's class. So right. four highly ranked running backs in the last class, this class. Yeah, DeMarco's just fine. So let's calm down on the DeMarco Murray uh hates on that he can't bring in top rank uh, running back talent. He's fine. Now, hey, I'll tell you, this kid's really good. Two-time North Carolina Player of the Year. But I'm going to tell you something that I don't think that you're going to like about him, though. Okay. His nick- he can't catch the ball. <laughs> yeah, worse. Okay. Worse than that. Um, he already comes in with a nickname, and his nickname is Hollywood. Huh. Now, that's an interesting conundrum. What do you do about that? I I think you got to earn that nickname once you walk through the door. You yeah. know what I mean? Now, you can have it back, but it's got to be almost placed on, you know, kind of an, a layaway situation. Well, you can have it back, but no one's ever going to – Think of you whenever they hear Hollywood. I, that, yeah, yeah. He's just going to yeah. – I mean, you may really want to fight for it and try and earn it back, but you better leave that if you come here in North Carolina. Maybe that's a factor in where he goes. Well, you think it's going to end up being North Carolina State, so he'll be the Hollywood of NC State? Makes Maybe. Sense. I don't know. I don't know. It does have to be a factor, though. No, I, I have no idea. Um I guess if you come and run for uh, 1,800 yards, you people will call you whatever you want to be called. So, Hollywood included. Yeah. Again, I will let you know when that commitment officially drops. But feels what's like his name again? Dalen Smothers. Huh. That's a great defensive lineman nickname, isn't it? Or even an O lineman, Smothers. It's. It's. It's fun. I'm just trying to wonder where Hollywood comes from. I well, <laughs> he's from Charlotte. I have I've been wondering that all day myself. I don't Hollywood know. Smothers, <laughs> the Smothers Brothers. That was were yeah. they Hollywood? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if they were not. Hmm. The Smothers kid, as uh, you'll reference him. Yeah. Well, hey, um, that would add to what. Continues to be a pretty good and growing uh, 2023 class. Still at 11, right? Unless I don't know something. Still else at has 11. Happened. No, still at 11, and doesn't seem doesn't look like they'll climb into the top 10 with this commitment. Just because I think Arkansas is at 10, and they have a ton of commits. They've got 23 it. commits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a lot more commits than OU right now, but 
all good. Their still. average player is well below Oklahoma's average exactly. rated player. Exactly. So OU's just fine. All good yeah. here. All right. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. Uh, i got a lot yeah. more stuff here. A uh, lot to get to on the text line. We'll do our best yes. with that. But uh, BV did say that he loves the buy-in earlier today on this football team. You buying it? Yeah, I'm buying it. I'm okay with it. Um, I'm okay with that. It's really hard to know, and I don't think he would lie about it. No, I, I don't, don't. Think he would either. I think he would say, um, and I'll just say I ha- I've had this this exact conversation with him privately, and he said the exact same thing. So, I, I. I think he's he's telling the absolute truth. Now, um, the buy-in, just like anything that uh, is meaningful, is going to be increasing as you go on. They're raising the blinds, okay, for the buy-in in the poker game of OU football. Everything they do is going to continue to get tougher and tougher and tougher. It's going to be more and more demanding. There's never going to be a... Ah, uh, finally over the hump. I've got this thing. This is going to be uh, this is going to be easy now. That will never happen. So, uh, it buy-in is not a one-time thing. It is. It's going to continue to happen, and they're going to continue to raise the stakes on you. Workouts are going to get harder. Practice is going to get more difficult. The the mistakes that you make are going to be harped on more and more and more. And you're going to be called out for smaller and smaller mistakes. So it's there's there's never going to be a moment where you've arrived. But I do believe you. All right, text line from the 580. Sark talks the talk but doesn't know how to walk the walk. It's a real skill to be confident but apologetic at the same time. Yeah. You know, it was interesting. Uh, you mentioned that whenever he talked about year one and year two and how excited he is about year two and year one what was the exact line didn't um he was like disappointed in himself like he admitted he didn't develop well enough last year right um well i hey i love whenever people um call out their own deficiencies Right, and go ahead and, and throw it out there, air it out, say this is where we made a mistake and this is where we've got to get better. But, man, it, it's, like, uh, it's like when the substitute teacher comes in, right? When the substitute teacher comes in and the first kid throws a paper airplane and nothing happens, the whole class is going to erupt. But it doesn't matter what you do. You're never going to be able to reel it back in. Right. It's just not going to happen. You're never going to be able to reel it back in. Because we, we have already sensed the weakness there, and we're going to exploit it. That's how it works. Already showed the weakness, and players already know that they can get away with stuff if they just stick to their guns. And, I mean, that's 
if there's any way to do it, you show up way harder and way more strict on everything and then maybe get more lenient as you go because you want to set that example early. You cannot do it the other way. Yeah, he just doesn't. But ultimately, the best way to do it is just be consistent all the way across the board in everything you do. Yeah, he just doesn't instill the confidence in me like Brent Venables does. I mean, to be fair, I don't know if there's been a there is a coach in the conference right now that talks and instills confidence the way that Brent Venables does. But Sark, I just I, I don't know when he speaks. I don't feel like it's a dramatically different environment down there. So that's why one of the many well, reasons sure, why it's hard for me to believe. He sure sounded upbeat and. You know, really happy about the off season and everything's been great. Off season workouts have been amazing, and yeah, um, like he's talking to the donors down there. I'm sure he's had enough practice yeah. with it this off season. The time being able to spend some time with the players, uh, you know, on field drill work and stuff like that. Everything's been amazing. So it's all amazing. What does that equal? Six and five. Six and six. Probably. I'm. I mean, I'm not going to be shocked if they go seven and five this year. Yeah. Like, I, I just. I don't see it. I don't see a ten-win football team. Yeah, they got three. Well, they got two really good players. I'll give them three with Demarvi and Overshow, and I think he's pretty good. With the they chance got for more four, than three good players. Well, I meant like really good players. That's that's what I meant. Um, okay. But takes a little bit more than that, and I still think that they're very weak defensively. Still think that they're very weak defensively. Well, right now. Their biggest problem is going to be their tackles on the offensive line. And they may go through like, all quarterbacks on their roster trying to block Will Anderson uh, in game two against Alabama. Best player in college football. Yeah. Well, hey, um, they might be facing two pretty good defensive ends uh, second weekend of October. Just saying. Um I, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about what OU's going to have off the edge this year. Yeah, I am too. I am too. I don't know how I, much depth that they have at that spot, but at least the two guys in Ethan Downs and Reggie Grind. I mean, I or, or, excuse me, um, uh, Marcus Stripling. I, I I really like those two guys. That's front line. I players. do too. I do too. Um, they've got a little bit of depth there. It's going to be a work in progress. They'll improve. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was talking about Texas and their offensive tackles. I, this, we've got a little bit of offensive tackle issue ourselves. Now, I feel pretty good with what I've heard about both Wanye Morris and Anton Harrison. But if all that's lip service and whenever – it's time to play uh, big boy football in the fall. If those two guys don't lock it down, and I, they've got a couple other options there that are going to be working in as well. But if we don't get way better at tackle ourselves over what we were last year, we're going to have our own set of problems. Totally, totally fair. Uh, still no decision from Dalen Smothers. We'll take a break, and I guess I'll let you know on the other side if it's happened yet. Perfect. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out Newcastle Casino. I-44 exit 107.
Peace from me. Did a terrible job this hour on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. We'll get to as many as we can this segment. By the way, still no commitment yet from Dalen Smothers. Uh, this one says... So, hang on a second. What's he yeah, doing? Yeah, just yeah. sitting there with the Teddy, hats on the table? I don't know. I'm trying to get through these texts, all right? I'm okay. To Tell him, Teddy, Beatonbow sucks until he doesn't, LOL. Exaggeration for sure, but the lack of Schmitty didn't have all those guys standing flat-footed missing their pickups every other play. Uh, Beatonbow does not suck. Um, he would be... I, I, he could he could get depending on what was open he could get any of the best offensive line jobs in the country wherever he goes right does not suck the proof is in the pudding his players go to the NFL perform excellently in the NFL he's had offensive lines in in college that have performed I mean they've won the Joe Moore award so uh, yes I I do think that. You know, Beatonbow was one of the tougher coaches on the staff. And you you can't it, – it's hard to stick out like that if you're not getting the backing everywhere else, if it's not consistent, if you're not getting it from the strength and condi- conditioning coaches, from the coordinator or other position coaches on that side of the ball. Yeah, you, you it's it's got to be a group effort, and I think – Beanbow kind of got hung out to dry a little bit there with his style. Pottstown, Pennsylvania sooner. What happens if Sark goes 6-6 six and six or 5-7 and seven again at Texas this year? Well, he'll be back for year three. He won't get fired. Right. I totally agree. Totally agree. Now, if Arch Manning decommits whenever they are by 3-3 three and three midway through the season or something like that, now that's a different story. Uh, Schmitty, 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 holy crap, Ethan Downs looks massive. I think everyone that has uh, gone through the offseason conditioning, especially on defense, looks massive now. Well, Ethan Downs already was massive. Um, he's, you know, he's 6'5", 265 listed last year, I think. I mean, he's a, he's a gigantic individual, and he's, he's still young. He's going to continue to put on good weight, and, you know, he may be a guy that plays it, you know, 270, 275 pounds at some point as a defensive end in college football. That's huge. Last one before we hit a break. There's at least one person saying, all right, guys, can we not say BV? Can we say at least Coach V for what BV stands for? It's a habit for me that's going to be tough to break, though. I'll be totally honest with you. Yeah. It's quick and it's easy and everyone knows what you're talking about. Uh, Coach V, though, I'll make an effort. Noted. I don't know that if I it? will. Well, yeah, I mean, no, it's not it. I mean, it's all we can get to this segment. But well, Good. We'll, we'll continue to, to get to some next hour. Keep them coming in. 651-3439. Quick timeout here from Newcastle Casino. I'm hanging out at the Front Row Sports.